Welcome everyone to the Sweet Podcast. We are so glad that you were able to join us today. Um, I'm Ray Lynn Price. I'm the Health Programs Coordinator here at Idaho State University Continuing Education Workforce Training. We work within the College of Technology to provide educational classes um, and workforce training for our community and actually for our region. Um, this podcast is part of our ongoing outreach effort. Um, for this. Joining us today is Heather Goodworth, um, Outreach Educator for Burn and Reconstructive Centers of Idaho. And we will be talking with Heather about this new Burn Center that's actually located right here nearby at Eastern Idaho Regional Medical Center. Some people call it ERMAC right. for short, yes. Um, so our format today will be conversational and we'll focus on our topic and guests for about 20 minutes. The clock started actually at our welcome. And after 20 minutes, no matter where we are, no matter what we're talking about, the time will be up and we will wrap it up and be done. So are you good with that? I am good with that. All right. It's a great plan. Well, hello, Heather, and welcome to Sweet Talk It. If you will just tell us a little bit about yourself. And, sure. Um, I can totally do that, Ray Lynn. So um, as Ray Lynn had mentioned, my name is Heather Goodworth. I'm the outreach educator for the new Burn Center in Idaho Falls. Um, we're, our, we have a long title too, so we're the Burn and Reconstructive Centers of Idaho. We partnered with ERMAC. Um, Burn and Reconstructive Centers of Idaho, or BRCI, is kind of a, a branch of Burn and Reconstructive Centers of America, which is the largest burn network in the world. That gives us access to tremendous resources, training, and expertise that we get to bring to Idaho. So what this means basically is that Idaho gets to be cutting edge on something. That's good. Yay! Yay. <laughs> yeah. So for those of you that have lived in Idaho for a while, you know we tend to be um, privileged to get the refined version of pretty much everything that hits the market. Um, after everybody else has tested and trialed and worked out all the kinks and bugs, then you know we'll say, well, we'll think about it for a few years and then we'll bring it in. Um, with BRCI, uh, what we get to do is we get to be on that cutting edge. Um, BRCA, our parent company, or um, the, the parent partnership, uh, takes care of about 20% of all of the inpatient burns in the United States. So for those of you that are not in the med industry, inpatient means like you're in the hospital, you've been admitted and you're staying at the hospital. About 80% of burns now, because of the technology that's available, are treated on an outpatient basis, which means mm -hmm. you basically kind of go to a doctor's appointment and they treat your burn and then you go home which is really nice, kind of saves money, saves time for everybody, a lot less hassle and a lot less painful for patients as well. But for those that do have to be in the hospital, about 20% of those people nationwide are in one of the BRCA facilities. So we get a really great opportunity to get really, really good at taking care of burns. That's pretty amazing. And it's amazing that people have the opportunity then to do some outpatient as well. It is. Um, not as extended hospital stays. Right. Well, and when you think about how big our, our region is, I mean, just geographically, the area that we cover is immense. I mean, you're talking all of Idaho, all of Montana, Wyoming, you know, over into Oregon and Washington. It's it's over 200,000 square miles that we're covering. And so for people that live in Superior, Montana, right, or up in Coeur d'Alene, um, for them to be able to just come in once a week instead of have to figure out how to get to healthcare every day for daily dressing changes, which is the old model that we used to treat with, 
is really, it's such a tremendous asset to those people. It, it really is just a wonderful thing to be able to offer. That's wonderful. So before they established the Burn Center here um, in Idaho Falls, mm -hmm. what were the options of people? Where did they have to go to be able to be treated? That is a great burns? question. Um, it was complicated. <laughs> a lot of patients uh, in the lower parts of Idaho, uh, west or, or western Wyoming, southern Montana, they would usually send them to either Denver. Um, there's a couple of big burn facilities in Denver, Denver Swedish being one of them, or they would send them to U of U in Salt Lake. In the northern part of the state and northern Montana and Washington, Oregon, they had a couple of other options. There's uh, Harbor View over in Seattle, uh, which is a large burn center. And there's also a burn center in Portland, Oregon as well. Mm -hmm. So, you know, but when you're in Idaho, any of those options, you're talking hours and hours and hours of driving. Um, so for them to be able, for us to be able to have something that's closer to home, you know, additionally, all of those burn centers that I listed, they're all in very densely populated metropolitan areas. Idaho's small town, you know, I mean, even Boise, our capital, we have, what, 300,000 people there, maybe? That's, that's still relatively small town, you know? And so to have to displace these families and these patients to really big urban centers when they're already struggling so much with health issues and the stress and anxiety and concern that comes with that, we're just, we're so grateful that we can offer this here in Idaho Falls to where it's still, even though you may not be at home, it's still that small town type of community feel. We're really That's glad. really important, isn't it? So let's say somebody in um, our far region mm -hmm. that we cover sure. were to have a severe burn and they were to need to come and be extended stay mm -hmm. in Idaho Falls, what um, resources are available to them? That's, you know what, I'm so glad you asked that because that's actually one of my favorite things with the Burn Center. Um, so as far as resources, we have in, in our hospital, the, for the patient specifically, um, we've got six adult ICU burn unit beds. And the way that our, and well, sorry, let me finish up. But then okay. we've got two pediatric burn unit beds. So we accept all ages. Doesn't matter if they're a little tiny or grandma, grandpa, clear across the spectrum, we take everybody, which is really nice. That's amazing. Um, additionally, uh, we have hyperbaric oxygen therapy. So um, you might think of this like for diving incidents or carbon monoxide poisoning. That's usually kind of what people think of when you think hyperbarics. It's also tremendously helpful in helping your body to repair severely damaged tissue. Mm. So when we have really severe aggressive infections like necrotizing fasciitis, which is in the papers every so often. Maybe explain what that is. So it's, it's yes. also called, <laughs> in, in the paper, in paper speak, it's flesh eating bacteria, right? Because that's that gets a lot more attention and people aren't like, what? Um, so when we have those types of infections, being able to put people in hyperbarics is so tremendously helpful because it kind of helps us, it gives us one more really great tool at getting ahead of that infection, which is really difficult to do. Yes? Can you explain what hyperbarics are? Yes, yeah, actually, so <laughs> hyperbarics is super cool. It's, it's really such a neat technology. So if you've ever done any cooking, right? So um, let's say cookies, right? Everyone's probably made cookies at some point. So you take all of your ingredients and and your sugar and your flour and your spices and you put it all together and it's gritty, right? It's a gritty dough. You can feel those sugar crystals in there. And then you put it in the oven and you bake it and it comes out 
not great anymore. Now it's this gooey, delicious yumminess that we eat too much of, right? So with hyperbarics, um, with, with cookies, what you've done is you've used heat as a catalyst to break up those molecular structures and help them to restructure and rearrange in a way that they can stay that way, right? Like after the cookie cools, it doesn't go back to crystallized grainy dough, right? It stays as that cookie. So with hyperbarics, we're doing the same type of thing, but we're using pressure instead of heat to do that. So what we do is we'll take people and we'll put them in these hyperbaric chambers, and it's a sealed chamber, right? We'll put them in there and then uh, we put them under tremendous pressure. When you're at sea level, you're under one atmosphere of pressure. So it's basically the amount of pressure that is exerted by the atmosphere on your body, okay? Therapeutic levels for hyperbarics are around 2.4 atmospheres. Okay, so we're doubling and then half again the amount of atmospheric pressure that we're at at sea level. And what that does is it takes the oxygen, and then we, we also have them breathing 100% oxygen at the mm. same time. Okay, so what it does is it takes that oxygen, and normally your red blood cell would be able to carry, let's say, five oxygen molecules, okay, just because it's a round number, right? So you'd be able to carry five oxygen molecules on every red blood cell. Well, that's how all of the tissue in your body gets oxygen, is through your red blood cells. Well, if you have tissue damage or your blood vessels aren't really healthy, that can be a problem, right? Because you're not getting enough oxygen to repair tissue, to feed those cells, to build new tissue, all those kinds of things. So what hyperbarics does is it pressurizes everything in your system and that, heat, that red blood cell, instead of carrying five oxygen, now it can carry 10 or 15, mm. right? Because it's all pressurized, it's all condensed back down. And then what it does on top of that is it continues pressurizing and that oxygen, instead of having to travel into your body on red blood cells, it can get pressurized into your tissues. So it doesn't have to rely on your red blood cells to carry it. It actually pushes that oxygen clear into your tissues. So whether you have great blood flow or not, whether you have really healthy veins or whether you're kind of struggling, you're still getting great oxygen perfusion to all of your tissues. That's why it's really effective at helping to treat really aggressive infections or really severely damaged tissue. When you have someone that's had a crush injury, right? The car came down on their hand or something horrible like that, or a burn where you have such extensive tissue damage and there's so much repair that needs to be done. Every, the oxygen is like the gas for your body, right? It's the fuel that your body runs on. And so to be able to get all of that fuel to all of your tissues so much more efficiently, it really helps to speed up that whole healing process. It's really an important tool. When at, at ERMAC, we have two hyperbaric oxygen chambers. And they look kind of like Snow White's casket, right? <laughs> so it's like, it's this clear polyacrylic tube, basically, that you sit in and and if people have claustrophobia or things like that, then we can help. There's different medications and things that we can give them. Um, but basically, you go in there, and it's about two hours. And there's a TV screen. You can pick a movie, watch a movie while you're in there. The movie's done. You're done. <laughs> go back up to the floor. Um, so, so for inpatient, that's one of the great assets and tools that we have at ERMAC. And that's, it's not a very common tool. There aren't a lot of hospitals in our region that, that have hyperbarics. We're really fortunate because we've had it for a long time. We're really good at it. 
Um, our Harper Barrett crews are all nationally certified and, and really good at what we're doing there. In addition, with, with the inpatient resources, um, all of our staff have been fully trained at our flagship facility in Augusta, Georgia. It's the JMS Burn Center. It's the largest burn center in the country, actually. Oh, it's wow. got 74 burn dedicated beds, and they just got approved for another 40 bed tower because oh they're always wow. running over capacity by you know, 40 to 60 patients. It's a very, very busy burn center. We all got to go back there. Um, all the doctors that are working in the burn center, a lot of the staff um, were able to go back to Augusta and get their training there. Just fantastic. It's such an amazing facility. How long was that training? Um, it varies. Some of our, our surgeons, it's been weeks and weeks and weeks. Mm -hmm. um, for a lot of the nursing staff, a lot of the um, physical therapy, occupational therapy, different types of dietary, things like that, around a week to two weeks, depending on um, what their involvement was going to be with patients and, and what they needed to learn and cover. Um, for families, this is one of the things that I'm really, really excited about um, just because of, of my role at ERMAC. Prior to this position, I worked in wound care. Um, mm. And I did a lot of the patient care coordination piece, just making sure the patients have the resources that they need, that their home health is lined up, all that kind of stuff, behind the scenes kind of things. Um, burns are a life-changing event. You know, if you have a major burn, your normal is never ever gonna look the same, mm -hmm. right? It changes so many things about your world. And to be able to have your support system, whether it's a spouse, a significant other, your family, to have them present and with you through that process is so critical for patients to heal, not just physically, but emotionally, psychologically, the whole, the whole picture. Yeah, that can hard be to really, imagine, yeah, isn't it? That going can, and, that. and that can be really difficult. You know, I mean, we live in a really diverse area. We have a huge geographic region. Um, and our, our socioeconomic status, a lot of people in our region don't have insurance or they're underinsured, right? They're just kind of struggling to get by. We're living paycheck to paycheck. And so if there's a major burn in the family, I mean, that's catastrophic in and of itself. But then to have them several hours away at a burn center, and you're still trying to keep the home fires burning and keep things going at home, how, how do you navigate that, right? That can really be a struggle. One of the organizations that we get to work really closely with, with the burn center, is called the Burn Foundation of America. Hmm. It's an incredible organization. It was actually started by the family of a firefighter um, who was severely burned and, and didn't make it. Hmm. And he spent several, several weeks in a burn center and ended up passing away. But the family um, got to know some other families that had patients in the burn center. And they said, you know, we really want to do something to help these families because financially it's such a difficult thing to navigate. Um, you know, not only the healthcare expenses, but then also just figuring out, okay, well, if I'm here with my loved one, who's working, right? Who's taking care of things at home? Who's watching the kids? You know, all of that kind of stuff. It's just really difficult. So what the Burn Foundation does is they, they work with families to help, um, help mediate those costs for them, right? Wow. So if we have a family that is really struggling, we can contact the Burn Foundation and say, hey, can you please get a hold of Mrs. Jones? You know, she's, she doesn't really have a lot of resources. She could really use some help. So they'll get a hold of her and they'll talk to her about her financial profile and look at things and say, okay, you know, 
we'll take care of your hotel expense while you're here, or you know, maybe they can help out with gas money to get to and from. Um, just different things that they can do to kind of help relieve some of that burden so that the family can really focus on that whole healing process and not be maxed out with the stress of how are we going to do this financially. Yeah. That's pretty amazing. I had a actually a really dear friend of mine whose little guy got burned um, when he was about, I don't know, a year old, I believe is what he was. And um, so he spent quite a considerable amount of time down in Utah at mm -hmm. the burn center there. And just the support, you know, is so important. It is, it's um, huge. Yeah, I know that when they got there, they were given some care packages actually in the room, like comfort mm -hmm. packages for the family. And I thought, you know, what a wonderful thing. A, a family who had gone through that yeah. um, actually set up kind of a foundation and had people donating and putting these little comfort baskets together for the family with a blanket and snacks and, you know, just things to that make so that neat. stay a little bit more comfortable. Right. So would that be something that um, people who wanted to help out with this new burn center? Is that something that, that would idea. be welcome? Yes, or? I think that's great. You know, in Augusta, one of the things that I've been really um, wanting to push forward, and we're going to do it, it's just going to take a little bit of time because we have to get, you know, some foundation things in place. Um, but in, in Augusta, they have what they call the Chavis House. Mm. And Jason Chavis was the name of this, bur this uh, fireman who was burned, right, the start of this burn foundation. So they have this Chavis House, and um, it's basically like a Ronald McDonald house for burn patients, but yes. it's all ages, right? Oh, so wow. it doesn't matter if it's a little kid that was burned or if it was, you know, great-grandpa. Um, any family members that have a loved one in the burn center can stay there for free. And it's they run it like a hotel, but it feels like a home. And one of the things that they've done that I think is so cool and we could totally do here <laughs> um, is they've, co they've collaborated with the local um, religious organizations in Augusta. Oh, nice. We've gotten together with all the different denominations and churches and and belief systems and all that kind of stuff. They said, okay, we need food. Mm. Little church ladies, can you help <laughs> us with some meals? And That's so they've so got... cooked meals. Yeah, so they've got meals coming in. All the churches have signed up for different days. They do the calendar every year. And they have meals brought in 365 days a year. That's amazing. For the families at these burn amazing. centers. Isn't that cool? Yeah. I just think that's so cool. So is that something that could be down the road totally. here with this burn totally center is to have down the actual, road. almost like Ronald McDonald homes, yeah. but for homes for these right. families to be able to right. have a comfortable place. Yes. I know that's one thing my friend really appreciated was a place you yeah. know, to go. Yeah. Well, because you're, I mean, you're displaced. You know, yes, for sure. Well, it's life changing, right? Yeah. Huge. I mean, when you're talking something like that, it can be months. Right. Yeah. Right. And then, and then the home treatment. Right. On top of that, right? Right. Yeah. So that's something that we're definitely um, looking at, and looking for opportunities to put that together. In Augusta, they um, they were super blessed. They had a, a medical practice that was right next to the hospital, and when those doctors retired, they Got contacted the Byrne Foundation to say, you know, we'll sell you our building for like pennies on the dollar. Mm. And so they were able to get that building super cheap and then they renovated it and it's got, you know, on average, when I was there in March, they said that they um, routinely had between 20 and 40 people living there wow. all year. Just kind of a little long. apartment mm -hmm. apartment units. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, and, okay. and they do, they run it like a hotel. So each room has, you know, a couple of beds in it and you have your little key card 
so you mm -hmm. can lock it when you're gone and all of that kind of stuff but then there's common areas where people can relax and play games or do a puzzle or work on the computer or watch TV or whatever. Oh boy, well there is our timer. <laughs> that 20 minutes actually went by really fast. It did. <laughs> so um, thank you so much. If people would like more information or if they would like a volunteer opportunity, who would they contact? So they would contact ERMAC and um, just okay. contact the hospital up in Idaho Falls. So that's 208-529-1000 uh, and you can call them and they, they can get you set and up. And just let them know that they are willing to help or right. We're always or looking for volunteers. We love volunteers. Okay. And there's good. always a need there. So well, yeah. Very good. Well, thank you, Heather, thank so, you much so much for talking with us today. And we hope that you, as the audience, learned a little bit more about yes, this beautiful um, facility really and that we have coming to our community. So you can find us um, online at C-Train, C-E-T-R-A-I-N, at isu.edu. We'll hope that you will take a few minutes, come visit us, find your podcast, um, join our blog. You can access our newsletters, find out more about what we have to offer, and then also please contact um, ERMAC for what they can do to help as well. Thank you, everybody, for joining Sweet Talk. Have a wonderful day. Have a good day.